Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, what's going on? What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome to the Lion's Den. What's up, fellas? How was y'all weekend? Anything exciting happen? <laughs> Larry cutting grass today. Larry cutting grass. Uh, yeah. Doing homework, man. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Good morning. Good, I'm saying good morning, y'all. Lord, I'm mercy. This has been a long weekend. And not just that. Not just that. Um, I hate to bring it up like everyone don't know, but it was right around a week ago. Somebody got the slap, uh, the, the you know, taste slapped out their mouth. You see what I'm saying? Don't really want to dive into that. Oh, However, God. I do want to say I do want to say how important it is that we be become aware of uh, our mental health and. You know, we I really do believe at a certain time we need to make sure we connect and 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 find not necessarily find out what's actually going on, but just be there when this brother come to Larry. Man, what would you think about the situation, man? Hey, man, I know there are some folks that were thinking this this wasn't real because it was the Oscars and it could be an act. But I thought that you saw a, a man that hit his plateau with just foolishness. You know what I'm saying? From all the stuff that was going on previously, it led up to that. And I think he just snapped and let his mm-hmm. emotions out on that one person. That that last joke was the straw that broke the camel's back, man. Yeah. Fair, right or wrong, indifferent. I'm just saying he acted out of emotion and mm-hmm. he did what he did. And he got to face the consequences for that. But he did apologize. And I'm hoping him and Chris Rock are talking behind the scenes. They don't have to do it in public. But hopefully they're earning out the differences behind the scenes. I understand. What you think, Will? Man, you slapped me in public. You better apologize in public if you don't get your ass whooped. Mm-hmm. But but personally, I do agree with you, man. I just think it was uh, a, a mental breakdown with that one. Mm-hmm. And once it happened, he couldn't take it back. But he is taking responsibility, so I can't commend that. But I also commend my guy Chris Rock for how he reacts to that. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is very commendable because it couldn't be me. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you know what? The thing is, you, you know what? I'll tell you this, man. And and shout out to everybody that's tuning in. Y'all let us know where y'all at and make sure you're sharing this. Share, share, share. One thing I will say is that um, not being in that situation, we don't know where what we would have done. Right. But I can just say that um, sometimes we give individual we put individuals on a plateau as though. They're not human. No, no, you would never do that. And, oh, my goodness. Look what he did. Okay. At the end of the day, he's still human. You know what I'm saying? People have different buttons. And so it's oh, not yeah. our responsibility to define what those buttons are. You dig what I'm saying? We just got to be ready to uh, be able to do what we need to do when that happens. Shout out. What's going on, Miss Cooper? Yes, she says, you kings got a queen <laughs> for sure on tonight, hey. baby. Warriors of Reverend Hey, and yes, she is representing. And so, listen, y'all, look, hey, without further ado, y'all, we have a uh, woman that, a blessed, blessed woman that is going to share with you her her story. And it's it's not necessarily just a story for her, but it is a story for all of us, right? A time for us to really connect and see how we can make things better within our community and our society. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me to welcome Miss Jackie Allen. <laughs> how are you, ma'am? How you doing? I'm doing fine. How you all doing? <laughs> good, good, good. What you what you laughing at? What what, what caught you? What caught you? I'm just laughing at you all's energy. I love it. I really oh, I love the positive energy. Yes, that, that's what that's what we're about. This is what the Lions Den is about. So again, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, and and I'm sure that you you said that you were on a couple of shows before, not like the Lions Den. And there's nothing like the Lions Den. <laughs> you know, go run and tell that. But anyway, right. um, no, but it just give us an uh, opportunity in our in our guests. To, to let us know, not I guess, but our audience know, who are you, where are you from, and what's your story? Okay, my name is, uh, ja- most people call me Jackie, but my legal name really is Najwa 
So it's Najwa Jackie uh, Allen. I do live here right here in the heart of in the heart of Florida. And so I do live in Florida and um, came to from the country. So I am a country girl. So I'm from you know, Needleville, probably about five of us, which was my family. So we you know, came on up to St. Louis about the age of 10. And I grew up in the Normandy School District. So, yes, I am a Normandy Viking. Uh, came out, I say 92 and a half because I missed the graduation date on 92. I quit school and then I came back and finished. So I say 92 and a half, but hey, I graduated. Right on. <laughs> so, okay. Right. Went on to uh, Jackson State, did it just a little time there and came on back home because it wasn't good working on the chicken form and trying to go to school too. The chicken form just wasn't for me. So I came on back to St. Louis. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let's hold on. Wait. <laughs> Let me find out. You were so who chicken for? Wait. You were on the chicken farm. Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, that's that that was the job you had to do. So trying, you know, trying to go to school and smelling like that. It, it ain't no, right. That just, no, no, that wasn't me. That no, that what you want to do. <laughs> So yeah. that means you know where to get the chicken there for the local. It's pretty high right now. We're gonna have to holler. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. another conversation too, because I need to know why those uh church's chickens look like elbows. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, look at your story. Go ahead. Uh so of course, like I said, I'm back here now. Uh, but I'm um this had some tragedy uh to happen. Uh just the death of my daughter, about this ten, almost 10 months now. Mm-hmm. And so I am uh going to get some systems, not people, and I tell people all the time, not going against people. I'm going against systems that are that have been put in system that does not does not help the community, does not help our communities, and I help our generation of the kids that we're bringing up behind, uh, even including my grandchildren. So I'm I got I got some pain, but I also I'm also moving in purpose right about now. So I'm taking this pain with me, and we're gonna keep moving until uh, I see some laws change. Absolutely, and you know what? Uh, shout out to you for that. And there's individuals out there that don't know how to use that pain and to help propel them to do something better for, you know, generations and generations. Go ahead, Will. What's going on, Miss Jackie from Mississippi? How you doing? (laughs) Good, good. You remember as we talked about my appreciation for this, your courage, just to be able to come on and just share a little bit about your story. And it's so easy to be angry at everybody, but you brought up that you're focusing on laws. Can you speak a little bit more in detail as to what laws are you really pushing for change and why? Wow, it's, it's almost like a domino effect uh, dealing with this one. Um, first, one, I'm going I'm, I'm to go with our, our social services. So even uh, dealing with Division of Family Services, uh, Child Protective Services, uh, some of the service around mental illness, some of those laws that are around that. Uh, because I know for a fact we shouldn't be here because so many calls were made and so many documentation uh, has been listed in the system, not only from myself, who I, was I calling about domestic violence, but the school had got involved and they started calling. Uh, the leasing officer with my daughter stayed, they called. And so to you know to keep making these phone calls and nothing was happening, and for a uh, county officer to tell me October 2019, don't call us back until something bad happened. That was his response to me as a mother that's calling out for, hey, my daughter's and in, 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 need some help. He said, don't call don't call us back no more until some bad happened. He got in court and pulled off. So when June 18, 2020 rolls around, now we have a murder-suicide. Now I'm, I'm like, okay, is this bad enough? Now we're going to show up and now we want to do something. It's just, it, it just, it just cannot keep coming down to this where we're, we're, we're making the phone calls and everything is being pushed up under the rug. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since then, I'm, I'm dealing with the system with early childhood funding, uh, I know St. Louis County is sitting on money for funding, but then when you have children, my grandchildren who have developmental delays can only go to school for three hours for three days a week. But those that are normal kids, as they say, can go to school Monday through Friday, 830, you know, 830 to four or whatever. I, I just got a, I just got a problem with some of the laws that we got in place. I really do. So here, let's let's take us back to almost 10 okay. months ago or around 10 months ago. Could you paint a picture for our audience as far as what happened that day or that morning? Okay. So June 18th, a normal day for me, you know, just going to work. Uh, I get a phone call. Um, really couldn't get the logistics of the story because great grandma was screaming. Everybody just gave me a call. But when I got on the phone with the St. Louis County detective, uh, it was actually him that said that my uh, daughter had been murdered while she was driving her car taking her significant other to work, which he didn't have a job, so he didn't have nowhere to go. Uh, so he shot her twice in the head. Uh, and as he got out of the car, uh, he took off running. So people who had pulled my daughter out of the car thinking that she was just in a car accident on Bell Found Road, but actually she had been, she had been shot twice. So uh, the detective said when they told, told Aunt 
told the guy to freeze up on Snook's parking lot, 270 in Bell Fountain. He pulled out the gun and he killed himself. Uh, so that was um, both lives uh, now gone, my daughter and also him. So four grandkids and don't have, uh, they don't have parents. Wow. I'm incredibly, incredibly sorry to hear that. Incredibly sorry. Go ahead, Larry. Yes, yes, ma'am. It's Jackie. As we talked yes. previously before coming on, you know, it's it's just a tragic, tragic story all the way around for both parties. Yes. Um, my question to you is, you know, after, I, I don't want to say necessarily dealing with it, but after going through that process up until now, what has been your regimen as far as healing yourself and recovering from this? I know you're not fully healed. You're probably still going through it, but Talk about this in the aspect of other people that may be experiencing something or going through something most recently in the same suit as you. Uh, for me, uh, I sought out counseling and I go to counseling. Uh, me and my oldest granddaughter, who is who is 10, uh, the other three, they really still don't understand what's going on. They just know that their parents are gone. But I went to counseling um, <clears throat> and being you know, in a church setting, I can just be honest. I realized that I have to know when to call the preacher and I know I have to know when to call a professional. And so at this stage in my life, I know that I have to call the professional. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm in professional counseling. Matter of fact, we go once a week and I pull my granddaughter in um, and just being letting even letting that anger out. Because I, I cannot say that I'm not angry. I'm angry as a mother who has been calling for the past two years, you know, get some help in here, get some help in here. And just to nothing happened. So I cannot say that I'm angry, but I'm, I'm learning to use that angry, that anger uh, in a positive manner. So we don't keep having these statistics, you know, over and over, over again, because this is not the first time I've, I've dealt with the system. Uh, my sister was also murdered uh, some years ago and, and just making those phone calls and nothing happened. So I'm, I'm just kind of sick of seeing the same scenario continue to play out. But right now I am in, uh, in counseling. I do go to professional counseling and I still have my faith in the Lord, but I still yet still go to those in that professional setting. You know, I, I can dig that. Um, and thank you. As a matter of fact, you know, let's just go ahead. <laughs> and give you that. You see, so, so you have to understand, look, the mental health is in fact, our wealth, right? And sometimes it's glazed over so quick and hey, just going over there and pray about it, it'd be okay. Well, listen, it, it takes uh, more than that to just, you know, to, to get us to where we need to be. And the thing is, it's a work in progress. So you will have your professionals that can connect with your spirit. Then you have your professionals that can connect connect with your mental cognitive you know and like how do you deal with things how do you cope with them and it's not necessarily to heal you right because you'll never be healed but you can go through this life a little bit better go ahead big will yeah miss jackie uh you have been through a lot and for you to be standing here sister i, I commend you you spoke on you making calls and getting little to no help whatsoever my question is did your daughter ever make a call or did she try to seek help herself like throughout the yes. whole process uh, i know she uh she made calls as well um and he did too so let's just say both because it was a domestic violence situation that relationship had just been like that since they knew each other since they were teenagers yes so both of uh both of them did and like i said she kept saying uh she was going to leave. She was going to leave. You know, that's what she kept saying years and years. And finally, it was last year when she said, OK, mom, I'm, I'm going to Memphis. I'm like, OK, let me, I was going to Memphis. Let me go find your place. So we was already, uh, you know, in those stages of her taking the kids and leaving. Uh, so I have to truly say she uh, she also made those calls as well. Yes, she did. Man, I, I think that's why we got to not just place emphasis on mental health, but raising our boys to become men. That that's scary, and it could be yeah. that this, this young man found out that she was actually leaving, and that was enough to send him over the edge. If I can't have you, nobody else can, and that's a scary situation for anybody to be in. Right, right, right. And he knew it. I mean, she didn't. She didn't keep quiet about it. I mean, she she let him know that she was leaving. So it wasn't. I mean, the whole family knew it. So you know, I'm, I'm talking to him. He's at my kitchen table. You know, he said, "Okay, I'm moving. I'm moving to Texas." So when this happened, the whole family is shocked because we, we thought everybody had a plan. Everybody know which way they was going. And 
you know, we, everybody was just shocked that day because we just couldn't believe it. You know, he did that. That's unexpected. And the, the shock yeah. could, be, could have been completely overwhelming. So as, as a family, what does the family do to cope? Because I know everyone copes differently, but do you guys come together more and try to comfort each other? Like, what, what is that looking like for your family as a unit? Uh, me and my mother-in-law, um, we've come together because we, we hadn't, you know, always seen eye to eye. <laughs> so this mm-hmm. has brought us together. Um, of course, because Johnny's lost her dad to overdose 11 months prior to her passing away. So I'd already drawn closer to my mother-in-law. Um, his side of his family is that they're just really distant. And I really hate that because I'm always saying, hey, you know, they're, he's gone, but these four kids are still here. You know, you all need to have this relationship. And it's not like it's not like that. It, it's not. I, I hate to say it. It's not like that. And and when I hear someone say that, you know, it's your daughter's fault that this, that this happened because she was trying to leave them. I know that level I can't come down to. So it's best for me to keep moving, to keep my sanity for someone to say that to me. I know you can't always keep blaming the woman who is the victim, even though mm-hmm. she's in the ground now and she's still the victim. So when I realized we can't have that uh, that conversation to be on a professional level, I'm pretty much just done with it. So, so that other side of family, they're not they're not active. There you go. And that's what I was wanting to ask about if individuals, you know, it's so unfortunate, but when there is a tragedy, the first thing people want to do is point the finger to everybody else. You get what I'm saying? And it's so unfortunate, right? But, and I'm glad that you kind of hit on that. What do you do? Uh, Like, because I know it's not as easy to just walk away as soon as you hear the conversation starting to shift to, well, you know, blah, blah. You get what I mean? Like, didn't nobody make him do this? You get what I'm saying? So how how do you deal with that yourself, right? How do you deal with that? You know, to be honest, I think, uh, there's not a think. I know God restrained my mouth because things that I wanted to say, I didn't. I just kind of had mercy on people because I've been through tragic situations before, especially dealing with my sister's death. Um, I listened, but I couldn't let it get into my spirit because at the end of the day, I still had to go home and take care of four kids. And I didn't want the anger that was in dealing with this backlash from his family to show, you know, I didn't want to portray it onto the little, onto the little ones. So a lot of things I, I just took into counseling. You know, I, I let it all out right there. This was no longer minister Jackie. This is just Jackie. This letting out the anger of all of the, the blame, you know, this and that. That's how I had to deal with it because I was like, you know what? I, I can't go to jail. I got four kids and I have to think of another way to, uh, you know, just let out this anger and it, just, just, just the blame and, it, it was just just crazy. It was just just crazy. But for me, like I said, I know for a fact I had to seek uh, just professional counseling, being honest. And and I just asked God to, re, you know, reframe my tongue because I couldn't go off on it. But I don't have that kind of energy. You know, I just don't have that kind of energy. Uh, so absolutely. I just couldn't entertain it. No, I get that. So here, before we go into the uh, to the next question, I want to say shout out to everybody that's watching right now. So we have a question here from uh, Crystal Spencer. She says, for the agencies who failed to adequately respond before this tragic or tragedy occurred, are any of them now connecting you to services to help you with your grandchildren? I, I met someone at STL TV. It was called Parents Link. Uh, this uh, program, excuse me, through Mizzou. I have met with her. Matter of fact, we just met last week on the TV station. Uh, but prior to, no, I just kept getting a lot of, Lip I'm server. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But no, um, no, even the, no, even the TV station was trying to get one of the, somebody from Adoption and Coalition who I had originally was going through. Uh, you know, to do everything the legal way would I end up getting my own attorney. So I'm going to have to say, no, I just got a lot of, you know, sorries. And that's really just how it is. So no, I'm, I'm going to have to say no on that one. No. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Miss Jackson, and, and, and kind of rewinding before that incident happened, because I hear the agencies, what they could have done, some things we may have been reported, not reported. Uh, I'm, I, without details, I'm kind of like in in La La Land right now, as far as understanding what could the agency have done in this situation if, because I don't see it as a mental health issue. It sounds like it's almost like the guy reacted off emotions 
uh, like you said, a domestic thing. So if, you know, me playing devil advocate as an agency, what could I have done when it's something that you can't see? Because you said he's at your kitchen table, you didn't see it, and then all of a sudden it happened. Uh, is that more, are you, are you thinking that's mental issues, or is that more of he just reacted off raw emotions? If you, if I can't have you, nobody else will have you. What, what could the agency have done uh, prior to that? Well, I'm going to go with the one for Division of Family Service with the child protection, um, because it was so much that happened with the with the kids, just being honest yeah. with you. even with the, my oldest uh, picking up calling the police herself because of what she was sending home. I think she may have been six or seven at the time. Uh, I never did see a follow up. And because uh, the school that she was in, they were actually calling me and saying that they were contacting, uh, you know, St. Louis County, go out there, at least pull the kids out the home, see what what service they can offer. They need to go their own ways. Uh, that's what I had. That's what I looked at. Uh, just that that documentation just wasn't followed up on. Uh, now, for the domestic violence, I am not for sure what um, what more could have been done. I'm just being honest. But it was just so many phone calls placed. So, uh, like I said, I was even calling anonymous, and I was like, you know what? Wait a minute. I'm her mama. My name is Nasra Allen. I'm calling to report what I've seen. Uh, just trying to see what what laws are in place to prevent something like this from happening. Instead, of, we, then we come together the day that it happened and it's just, oh, I'm sorry, we got many cases, but all of the cases are still open. There's no documentation, there's no follow-up. It's it just kind of, oh, like, okay, is, is, so this is this the answer? Is death and murder and suicide, is that the answer and that's it? We just we just keep going? It's It's got to be more. It's got, especially when the school gets involved. Right, so now I have a question. Kind of in line with what uh, Larry was talking about, but was there a time when your daughter just refused to press charges or there were no official documentations as far as the domestic violence? Or was it it was like was it was just mutual and they was just both going at it so much. They just said, you know, we're going to keep this in-house type of thing. When my daughter uh, had, was diagnosed with uh, MMR, so it's mildly mentally retarded. So she never took things serious until it happened. Uh, she was even like that through throughout uh, throughout school. And I know that's a lot of time we don't talk about that, you know, in our families. Though, you know, it's that it's the terminology where they say people are slow or they they late catching the bus. Well, she did have a diagnosis. I knew about her diagnosis. I didn't know he was schizophrenia until the day he did this. No one from his side of the family told us anything. So I knew about hers, and I would always say, "Hey, you know, this is serious." But like I said, because of I call her brain uh, fight or flight, she just she never took it serious. Even if he threatened her, she didn't take it serious. Her her brain she just didn't take it serious. And that's a you know that's that's a whole nother conversation when you're dealing with someone who has uh what ADHD or ADD or mildly mental retarded, whatever learning disability. They you can tell them something, it doesn't click. Got it. It doesn't click. But like I said, we didn't know that he was schizophrenia until the day he did this. When I heard his mom telling detective. So schizophrenia and he's getting high and he's drinking every day. Let's take all three and, and there you got a you got a damage right there, and no medication. So I didn't know anything about his, and I've been knowing that boy since he was fifteen. I didn't know anything about his. Man, 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 that's that's a lot that's going on. So and dealing with the system itself, I can look at it like a St. Louis county or city police department and they're moving towards this mentality everywhere that when you call unless there's actively a crime going on they will not come and i don't know if that's attributed to budget manning capability there's a lot that's going on there i don't think holistically that it's everybody they don't want to i just think at times they don't have the manpower to do so so is that something that you're kind of going after to kind of see are they equipped with the manpower and personnel to kind of be able to accommodate some of these cases where they can look into? Is that is that an angle that you're looking into? Well, what we're doing right now um, with the attorney is just, I call it the ball drop. Um, so not even dealing with everything that was before the tragic happened, but the day of all four kids, all under 10, 10, four, four, and three, were in this apartment for four hours. Um, there was no, no one, the detective didn't call child protective service, didn't call division and family service, didn't call anyone in. Uh, actually they went to his mother's home for her to come and get the kids. 
even though it was him who had just killed her. And even my attorney said that was not protocol. So I'm just trying, it's it's mind boggling. It, it is truly mind boggling, it really is. Uh, so right now, my main focus is trying to get to some of the laws changed, uh, even around, you know, dealing with the kids' disabilities, uh, even around foster parenting, which they told me, you know, or for me to become a foster parent, my son can't live with me because my son got, you know, got a little record. He went to school, but, you know, he got something on his record. So they said, well, if you become the foster parent, then we, your son has to go. Well, I don't want that door of recidivism to, to, no, we're not doing that. You know, he just got himself back together. And now you're going to tell me now I got to put my son out the house. So I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to do this on my own. But this law and, and this rule, it, it doesn't it doesn't benefit us. Not only me, but all the rest of the caregivers that I have met up with and just spoke with. It's just some things just got to change. It's strength in numbers. And what you're doing is very commendable. And if we can do anything to help, please let us know. But salute to you and your whole team that's trying to make a difference. Yes. Yes. You, you know, you said something that that really resonated, and that was with the ball dropping. You know, it seems as though individuals only want to do something after the fact, you see, uh, because of, you know, the whole crying wolf type of thing. And you don't know who's serious, who's just, right. you know, just want attention and all of that. So my question is, when did you, no kidding, feel? as though, listen, this needs to stop. Was it when the children came into this world and they were still fighting? Is it when the granddaughter called the police? Um, what was it? What was the breaking point prior to the tragedy? I want to say when the twins were born, because she got a set of twins. When the twins were born in 2016, I didn't know how bad it was until my son actually called me and said, hey, mom, uh, John, you know, my daughter, Johnny, said she's having a mental breakdown. You need to get over there. And I was like, OK, so I didn't know how bad it was. And when I walked in and seen the hose punched in the wall, I'm like, well, she ain't that strong. Who punched the hose in the wall? And and so she was having a mental breakdown and, and he was just just mind just gone. So, of course, when the police came, they told him to take a walk. But I seen something that was it just wasn't healthy. And I said, uh, you need to get out of this. You need, you, you need to come over with me. You need to get out of this. This uh, this don't look right. Uh, this don't look right. So since 2016, uh, and then my grandbaby was calling me in the midnight hour. I mean, 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. What a six or five year old girl, you know, calling, saying, "Hey, you know, get over here." And uh, I mean, she's actually calling 911. Uh, that's when I knew that it was serious. And just that look that I seen with him, I had never seen him. And even with knowing him as a teenager, I never seen him in those moments. But when I started seeing, just I was like, "Okay, this this is not good." This is not good. So that's when um, I got involved. Good. And I'm glad you did. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a pause for the calls uh, right now. But um, please make sure, make sure you stick around. And so we can hear the other half of this. And then to let you all know how she's getting her word out there to help different communities and also other mothers and parents uh, alike. So if you haven't done so already, take this opportunity to share, share, share this. We will be right back, y'all. This is the Lion's Den. All right. Hold on. Monique Slater is a top negotiating award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building general wealth through home ownership while providing exponential service with integrity and excellence. Although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. Monique has developed an awesome team that can get anyone into a home and has sold homes in less than six hours. After servicing the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. And if you're in San Antonio or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Give Monique a call at 210-237-7268. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice, succulent, southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. 
located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW, is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618-416-5700. And that's inside Scott VFW Post 4183. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Den sent you. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, welcome back. Hey, fellas, what you think about the show thus far? It just further identifies how far we have, man, to go in these systems. Um, so many people are impacted in many ways, and until you come together to try to do something collectively to change it, we keep going through the same thing. So I commend the sister on using this tragic incident to try to push for change everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's dope. Larry, what you think, bro? Yeah, for for this incident and any other other incidents that have happened, it, it's almost like in order to really divulge into the, how messed up the system is or the laws are, it's almost like you have to go through something. And I just hate that aspect of it because if, if I don't go through this, I don't know that this system is broken. You get what I'm saying? Unless mm-hmm. somebody I know is going through it. But it's just it just hurts to know that for somebody in her situation, she sees how flawed the system is and she's trying to tell them how flawed it is, but it's almost as if, you know, I don't yeah. know if it's funny what the reasons are, but it's like we mental health is here to stay and we need to address it as absolutely. It You're absolutely right. And another thing I would touch on too, man, is how important it is to walk away. You dig? Listen, not everything is, listen, you understand there's something about discernment and we'll talk about a little bit more later, but you know when something isn't for you. And then if you can't see it because you got the rose colored glasses on, hey, they they know how to make it move just right. You know what I'm saying? They looking sexy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they crazy as a Betsy bug. You understand? Mm -hmm. They're not in love with you. They're in love with the idea of you. And it becomes toxic, right? And then we see individuals that's inside of toxic relationships. And we think that the person is the problem, but they're actually being pulled because their emotions are being manipulated. Enough about me. I had the most important person here. Hey, shout out Miss Jackie. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What, what, what you thinking, ma'am? What you think about that? I was listening to us. It. It's definitely true, uh, especially with the toxic, toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. Jesus, um, yeah, that that one is. Um, whew, that's a, that's a heavy topic in itself. You know, when you're trying to, it's almost like you, you're you're sitting on the outside looking in at someone else's relationship. You can see it's toxic. But they so close up on it, right. they can't they can't see it. So it's like everything that you say may go here and you know back out the other ear. And then when something tragic tragic happens, you you kind of feel bad. You feel guilty because you're like, what more could I have done? Uh, right. Like I said, not only with my with my daughter, but also with my sister. Just those toxic relationships. You almost you have to find yourself not beating yourself up or being guilty because you're not there to prevent it. Because realize you can't prevent everything in life anyway. So. Absolutely. Uh, very, so tell, very, very true. Tell us a little bit about your sister. What happened? Oh, my 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 queen. Um, that's that's my queen. That's my heart. Um, Twenty nine as well. Um, mm. Wow. This this one hurts. Even though it's been some years. Two thousand two thousand two. Uh, my sister had a couple illnesses going on. Uh, she she did. Uh, but even at the age of 16, she was gang raped as she was coming home from a party, you know, got locked outside the house. We grew up with our parents and my mother been deceased since I was two. So, you know, when you live, with, live in somebody else's house, you better follow their rules. Well, anyway, she didn't make it in, make it into the house in time. She got gang raped. So that is on top of her mental illness, that trauma. She just she never broke out of it. So I was seeing her always going in and out of toxic relationships. Well, this particular night, uh, her guy had went out and did something illegal. It was all on the news. Well. They, they came and warned my sister to leave her house. But once again, that brain, not listening, she didn't leave. And uh, this guy ran up on the third floor where she lived at and shot her in the head. Uh, five days later, Bob McCullough told me that he did not have a case. So even though there was a witness, uh, gave the guy's name, she seen him when he did it. 
uh, but because this lady would not testify against this guy, Bob McCullough said he didn't have a case. So she was just dead and gone and, and nobody paid for it. Uh, another rule, another law that's in place. Just, just, wait, wait, just, wait, wait. just was crazy. That's crazy. Are you, so, uh, what? Yeah, so that case was dropped immediately. Before we dropped her on the ground, that case was dropped. He said he had no case. He gave me the guy's name. And he said, let the street take care of him. That is exactly his words to me. He said, let the street take care of him. That's what he told me. So her life was just gone. Just another another law, another law in place. Witness refused to testify and she's gone at 29. Yeah. You know what? I'm sorry um, to even have, yeah. dang it. You know what? Um, yeah. 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 So these these laws is just um uh, I'm just speechless when I when I hear of course you know after going through the, the situation, it's just I don't know. I, I I don't even have the words for it, but I'm like it's it's got this got to change. Because this uh whoever put this in place, yeah, or systems in place, mm-hmm. I'm sure they did and gone by now. So I'm like, we need a we need to change this. Right. Yes. It seems like it, there needs to most definitely be a reboot. But I will say this, though, the um, the good thing about what you're doing is that you're putting yourself in the room. And it's so oh, unfortunate yeah. that it's, it's times when laws are created, but it's not created for everyone because not everybody is in the room saying hey did you think about this hey did you think about that right so but no i I do apologize for that but i am confident that you are the right individual to fight that fight hey big what what you got man oh lord man that's 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 a lot 29 years old yeah it, yeah, same age as my daughter. My daughter was 29. My sister was 29. It, it's women like you that these yeah. young girls need to idolize, to mimic. I don't understand. It's, it's hard for me as, as a black man at 41 to see so many lost young ladies out here when you got people like yourself that's willing to teach, to mentor, to grow them but it's like you said earlier, they're resistant to it. Like they have to go through these toxic situations before they realize it's it's dangerous. Like I shouldn't be here. That's what I really want to change. How can we connect with them and be proactive versus being reactive? And we got to call all these agencies, et cetera. Why can't we get them earlier? Yes. Yeah. What do you, do, do you speak on, not just your story, but did you go out and talk to these youngsters as a, a woman that's going, not just one, but two family members close to this violence? Did you go out to share that to connect with them? Because they told me if you, you you smart when you learn from your mistakes, but you wise when you learn from the mistakes of others. Did you, yeah, did you yeah. share these types of things in your community? Uh, yes, um, I've been to a couple of schools, Jennings, mostly Jennings, uh, because I am with a mentoring program. I also was speaking in our local jails before the pandemic hit. So I was with the criminal yeah. justice ministry uh, as well. Uh, and then just just mentoring, just mentoring uh, women and, and girls from all over. And I think that's what hurts the most is that you're mentoring and, and, and the ones that are closest to you that you're that 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 they got that residue. It's. It's just like it's just over, or, or it's taking it for granted. I, I'm just I'm not even for sure how to say it, but yes, I do. Uh, I do speak to young ladies. I do speak to them. Um, try to catch them early on because, like I said, um, um, my life ain't been peaches and cream. I was in a t- toxic relationship. It was just nobody but the grace of God. You know, somebody pulled a gun to my head at the age of 17, uh, pulled the bullet. I think they called the game Russian roulette, and he, he said he pulled it. He pulled it. He did pull the trigger, but that one bullet did not come out the chamber. So I'm, that's the only reason why I'm still here, uh, because I was in one when I was in high school. So these things start early. They start early. And you was at Normandy, right? I was at Normandy. Yeah. Ooh, well, yeah. I'll put it on my list. 
<laughs> so you know what it's, it's something it, it says a lot right not just the things that you have been through but have witnessed through you within your own own family and it is important to connect with these uh with these young women but you know what i think too and just playing just 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 throwing it out there how good would it be for a woman to talk to these young men about being men from a woman's perspective and or men talking to young ladies about yeah. being young ladies from a man's perspective yeah. because and it called me crazy i think i am a tank bit <laughs> but the thing is is we have a lot of these women empowerment Right. And we have a lot of these men's group. But what we don't do is kind of widen that aperture a little bit because of our energies can bounce mm. different. You see what I'm saying? A little bit of testosterone to the estrogen or a little bit of the estrogen to the testosterone to get them to think. You get what I mean? Hey, you might right. get a nice little, you know, a nice, a nice what they call them tenderoni if you <laughs> right. Hey, if you pull up your pants, if you stop yeah. chewing gum like you ain't got no sense. You see what I'm saying? Right. And then men, right. hey, you know what, young ladies, check this out. Y'all need to be smelling right. You need to take it, you know what I mean? But hearing it right. from a man, though, you see. Now, what do you think about that? Do you think that's that's something that is is important as well? Very engaging. Uh, I like the connection. Yes, yes. I definitely uh I definitely agree because sometimes you know we talk to someone of the same gender, they they may feel that you may be judging them or that there's you don't know what I've been through and blah blah blah. And I said, baby, we can we can sit down and tell the whole story. I said, trust me, you, you don't know what I've been through, but I'm here to tell it. So I think a lot of time they probably need to hear it from that other side. Maybe it'll be more uh received. I'm just gonna say maybe maybe more received because. Yeah, I know it's different. So listen, let, tell us a little bit about your book. Tell us a little bit about your book, Dormant. Dormant. Uh, Dormant, bring your own shovel. Um, just deal with a lot of things that I try to supp suppress uh, in my life, trying to be, as what people call, quote unquote, perfect. And I realized I wasn't hitting that perfection. I just wasn't hitting it. So I said, you know, I can only be me. I can only be honest about where I come, where I came from. Uh, a lot of people look at me, they don't know that at the age of 21, I was standing in front of a judge facing 25 years. Uh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, what, how did that happen? So when I look back on. on my life, I see- Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, wait, I, hey, hold on, look, I don't need you to just go right past that. How many years? I was looking at 25 years in prison. Listen, let me find out who was out there thugging and bugging. What's going on? <laughs> you What's up the chicken coop is what happened. And you say, you know, this? this. I'm about to yeah, I'm about to go on Devo's chicken coop. So what happened? Tell me what, what it no, was. This is the ran back. They, you know, got a uh, that image back in high school um, as a young young girl who didn't, you know, didn't have a mother, getting up with somebody, as they say, was the street pharmacist. And mm. I was always the type of person, whatever you're doing, I want to learn what you're doing so that I can do it. Uh, so you know, just learning that whole that whole shebang back then, uh, it caught up with me, caught up with me and my cousin. Uh, and it was nobody but the grace of God. Uh, just doing some just doing some crazy things, being mm -hmm. honest. Out of line. Uh, that caused me to stand, stand in front of that judge uh, at the age of 21, seriously, uh, with two babies. And, and of course, he put everything on me. <laughs> And me being silly, I accepted it. I accepted it. So this coming from that era, uh, a lot of them are deceased now. You know, they stayed on in that game and continue. But I, I, I got out of nothing but the grace of God. I got, a, got out of that. So I thank God for that. Goodness. Really hey, good. them 80s was a mess, wasn't it? Uh -huh. Goodness. <laughs> Y'all out there yeah. getting it. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Stop it. Everybody can't be a black, black mafia family. Uh, but so anyway, so so what was one of the most pivotal points in your book? Yeah, I heard you say pivotal points. What else did you say? Yes, yes. Within your book, within dormant, what what is one of the most pivotal points in your in your book? Hmm. Wow, there's so much in there. I didn't put everything in there. Um, I think believe the depth of my sister. The death of my sister, uh, being honest, that was uh, 
a changer for me. So I got to tell people, even though I was already a licensed minister, you know, as a young woman in the church, uh, that 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 did something because I had grew up hearing scriptures, but scriptures was not in me. It had not become flesh yet. I, I really didn't know this guy that I was preaching about. And I was I'm just being honest. You know, you memorize scriptures. You try to hang out with that elite. Yeah, it was something about her death that made me realize, OK, either I'm going to pull the trigger and take my own self out of here. Oh, God, you're going to really show me why, why I am here, because losing my mom at 29, now losing my sister at 29, that that did something to me. And I knew then that if, if God was real, uh, he was going to have to stop me from taking my own self out. That was a pivotal point uh, in my life that that grief, that grief almost took me out. Uh, but now even dealing with my daughter's grief, I realized God has given me the strength to walk on top of water. So what should drown me? I refuse to let grief drown me. I'm going to walk on top of it. So that's nobody but God. Uh, nobody but God. Nobody but God. Seriously. Uh, and like I said, I lost my daughter now at the age of 29. But I just refuse to. I just re I just refuse to allow grief, disappointment, heartache. I refuse to allow it to bury me. That is the main. But I'm talking about dormant. It's about a lot of things that we are we're ashamed of. We can't come above. And I wrote this book actually before my daughter passed away. And I just still refuse to let even grief bury me. So I, I just refuse to. I refuse. I'm not going to bury my own self. I'm not going to bury my talents and my gifts. And I'm not going to bury my grandkids' purpose in life. I'm not going to bury my son. Like I told him today, get up and live. Baby, get up and live. Even though it's hard, we felt grief. Uh, I'm crying. I'm still hurting. But we got somewhere to go and we got something to do. So that has been my fire. My, my tears is my fire. The reason why I get up the next morning after, you know, trying to get all these kids together. It's, it's just I just refuse to bury my own self. I refuse to. I refuse it. Give me one moment. <laughs> Damn. You know what? See, y'all don't know that. So oh, the lion's den is almost ordained, right? So if you are a bedside Baptist, you can come here and come to church. You dig it uh -huh. because she is for sure enough preacher. Go ahead, Big Larry. Uh -huh. Hey, I want to I want to hit on. Just listening to your story, you know, your life, all the tra tragic things you've seen, experienced, almost faced 25 to life, right? How much do you think poverty, the systematic system, you know, that we have in place, that when we're dealing with mental issues, we don't have the funding or the resources to really go get help for it. So, you know, think about, and I'm dating myself back to the, the 90s. When we call a person crazy, we just left it at that. Oh, he crazy. Don't pay him no mind or hurt no mind. They crazy. And then we fast forward to 2022. There was a disorder that we didn't know about. And now it's diagnosed. How do we go about getting them to help? Because if I have, if I'm struggling to pay rent, there's no way in hell I have money to go get help for some of the mental issues that we're dealing with. And I feel like it's exploding within our communities because we don't know how to deal with some of the things that we we know it's an issue, but we don't know how to really cope with these issues. And I and, and it just goes back to your advocation for the laws and fighting the system. You know, and, I, and that's kind of where I'm staging this question is knowing what we know now. Why is it so hard for the system to play catch up or the people in charge to really hear us out in some of our issues? Because good, the opioid is a big deal, right? And they got resources and they put out stuff for that. But why is it we can't get simple help for uh, being bipolar? And I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just want to kind of frame that because my opioids is a big deal and they got all sorts of money thrown at that. Well, you got to understand that the money came there when people they know, like, and love. Oh, I, I said it without money. saying it, right? But, but, but no, <laughs> hell, I'll say it. That's what it is. But anyway, go ahead, back to you. Go ahead, ma'am. That question was for you. Well, he, he said it right. I, I just started laughing. Uh, actually, he said it right. My ex-husband actually uh, OD'd in uh, 2020 uh, mm -hmm. after three times ODing, but this third time nobody was there to nobody was there to save him this time. Uh, with the, uh, it's funny that you. It's not funny, but they uh, labeled my daughter as bipolar. That was the that was her name, you know, and everybody thought it was funny. And I'm like, this this is not this is not funny, but it's so acceptable. Let's be honest in our culture. It is so. Um, my thing, even with trying to get her working in the healthcare field and trying to get her, you know, admitted for that 72 hour evaluation, police told me there's nothing that I could do. And that hurted me so bad when I see 
she needs help. She needs help. She needs help. And I can't even admit her into the hospital because, of course, once again, you know, she isn't she is was an adult. So she has a rights. She has rights. But then when you see your family going through this traumatic situation, it almost leaves you renders you helpless. I'm just being honest. Yeah. It renders you helpless. like, OK, what else can I do? I'm, I'm it's. Damn, it's no so answer. many questions. Ah, go ahead, Will. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nobody has an answer. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> what I've learned is through, through my years of living until the right individuals are asking for the help, this shit ain't going to never come. But if you keep asking, that's the issue. You have to demand that shit. Yeah. We ask all the time. But until you put some effort behind that ass, things are going to remain the same. You got to do it in unison. But, but Sister Jackie, I, I got to ask you, baby, what church do you go to and who is your pastor? Because I like your energy. I love what you're doing up her. Shout them out, please. <laughs> Actually, I was up under uh, Dr. Charles Roach. He has passed away now, but over at Trinity Mount Carmel. Uh, and I'm actually a pastor myself, but I do visit uh, Bishop ah, Michael. I Brown. knew it. Hold on. <laughs> I knew it. Listen, look, you, look, you ain't going to cover that over my eye. I knew what it was. You know why? Because look, at, I, I felt that little tingle. You knew what you were talking about. You know what I'm talking about? But no, real talk is frequency, right? It's frequency. And honestly, y'all, maybe it's just me, but not everybody that gets behind the mic is a preacher. You get what I'm saying? Because it's, in my opinion, it takes a testimony. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's more than just a word. It's the living word. You know what? I ain't a preacher. Let me stop. But <laughs> for a reason. So are you able to live through it and to help encourage other people? So I'm sorry. So you are a ordained minister. Yes. Yes, I am. Look yes, I am. Uh, I didn't accept it, though. I didn't, I didn't accept it because, you know, I, I just didn't fit in that box. Mm -hmm. You know, I just I wasn't perfect. I I was like, definitely, I was like, no, you know, I told God no plenty of times. I ain't got a problem being rebellious. That was me. That's where I came from. I tell people I grew up on survivor, not love. So when you grow up in a house with full of Marines, you don't know nothing about love, but you know how to survive. You know how to get through the waters. You know how to take it to the next level. So when God did call me, which he, you know, he already, I always said no. I always said no. Because this picture that I was presented as a, as a perfect person, that just wasn't me. So I said, you all didn't call the wrong person. Go call the Bishop's Club. You definitely ain't talking to me. But I realized I didn't been through so much in life and there's nobody but God. Even when I try to take my own life, and I tell people about that, uh, those suicidal thoughts, I tell my son, if you have those thoughts, let's get you to the Paul. It, it, it doesn't make you a punk. It doesn't make you weak. Uh, you're going through a lot right now. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull Nisa might talk to him as well. Because <laughs> half the time he don't want to be listening. But even I'm just being honest. A lot of things that I didn't learn across the pulpit. You know, I learned you come on up here to this altar, you get, you know, the oil laid on you. I got nothing against that. But I can't keep coming to the altar every Sunday for the same problem. Okay. If I'm having issues and something's okay. going on in my mind, I got to go see a professional because something is telling me to do something to somebody and I know it's not right. So I say, God, I got to go to a professional. So that made me, you know, that, that kind of counseled my bishop membership, which I'm fine with that. Got tired of paying in membership anyway, but I'm still a pastor called by God. A pastor hey. with hands. <laughs> You know what? Here, look, look, let's say this, okay? And I'll, I'll say it in front of, I don't care who listening. Check it out. Let you, hey, let you, let you have a church and, and make, <laughs> hey, watch me not be up, up in there with my white gloves showing people where to go. Uh -huh. you I'm not lying. Because I no real talk. Um, I do understand that, and you, you know, it seems as though life has showed you. It's not life. It's it's God, right? It's 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 what it is. You had to go through, right? To still listen. You're still preaching. You ain't got to have on no long robe and the whole what they call them the, the usher boy. You know, people carrying your water and, and give you house shoes. You need all of that. Hey, get my own water. I ain't, I ain't. I know how to get my own water. But the thing is that you're still speaking life. You get what I mean? So I tell you this. I highly encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. You don't have to be behind or be in a brick and mortar or anything to spread God's love and message. You see what I'm saying? And message. So I, I do. Oh my God. Anyway, anyway, Larry, man, what you got, bro? What's your word, man? My, my 
Final word is Miss Jackie. I, I truly, truly, truly am grateful for you being on the show and being very open and transparent and honest. And yeah. I also really want to give my sympathy. And I know you're not looking for it, but I just hate to, to hear that you had to go through so much in your life. And here I am thinking <laughs> certain parts of my life was messed up. And then I hear, you know, your situation. I'm like, well, shoot, damn, you know, let me rephrase that a little bit, you know, because there's there's some worse situations out there. And I hate to say it like that, but you get where I'm going with it. So I thank you for being open, honest, and transparent. I, I just pray you continue to keep that willpower to keep staying positive and away from the negativity. Yes. And um, the last thing I'll leave you with, now I think I said this before, I may not have, but I listened to a lot of Les Browns and he said something that really hit me and I think it's fitting for the situation. And it's life happens, right? Things happen to us, nothing we can do about it. We can't change it. It's how we recover from it that really is a testament to who we are. And it's you are a walking, living individual that shows you can recover and there is life after. Even though it happened, you still can keep it on a positive vibe as much as you can yeah. right so i just want to leave you with that thank you thank you all right thank you. all right all right well my, my mississippi slash florissant sister <laughs> I, I i so appreciate just who you are and the example that you've been for so many you get your strength from those those tears but people are getting strength from you and your experiences your word and your wisdom, and that is something that's very honorable. So Absolutely. never stop sharing that gift because God is working in you. Mm -hmm. I get it. The church ain't for everybody. Church is where you at. Church is here. And you're the epitome of just who that is, and people are going to feel you for that. Don't nobody want to listen to nobody that ain't been through nothing. That's where you make that connection. I think one of the uh, audience members mentioned that earlier in the uh, in the chat, but that's where you make your most your most authentic connections is by speaking from experience and speaking wholeheartedly and you came here today and just did just that and i think people are definitely going to get something from that but thank you for coming on and i know you make some fire potato salad I, i've been hearing all about the baby sitting and Hey, we we don't definitely You were talking about the chicken earlier. Don't Man, judge me. Look, the, the, the chicken that she was picking up and plucking. Anyway, but, listen, <laughs> oh, so listen, look, I want to give you this time, Miss Jackie. Is there anything you want to say to the audience? Right, I, I want to give you the floor. What do you have? You know, my uh, biggest piece is. Um, Hold on. Uh, I, I know it's a cliche when people say hold on, but I, I really do mean uh, hold on just as much as uh, everybody's going through something. Everybody. Everybody is going through something, uh, something that wasn't in your blueprint, something that you, you know, that you didn't even have a vision. We all do those vision boards at those at the beginning of the year. And then something happens. So it's like a roller coaster. Then it drops you. Uh, hold on to what you know. Uh, hold on to your faith. Uh, but do realize there's a time that we stop praying and we start fighting. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I tell people, I have no problem with praying. We can pray. We can pray all the way around the clock. But once we get done praying, we got to get up and help. We got to help change some of these laws because preachers won't have to preach so hard. You can help change some of these laws. You don't have to keep saying, you know, keep praying to God, naming and claiming. Let, let's get up and change some laws. And, and, and I'm not talking about uh, being poor and underprivileged, but teaching on, on wealth, generational wealth, teaching on education. It's just something that's just got to change. And I'm just I'm just being honest. Uh, so let's let's help change. I keep people saying, you know, let's pray about it. no, 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 no. We didn't pray, we didn't fast it. It's time to do something. It's been time to do something. So hey, you know, if I get kicked out, I'm good with it. I got a house to go to. But I'm I'm more interested now in taking a preach word to put my hands. If I got to invest, let's invest. If I got to put in a couple thousand dollars, then I'm gonna do it because I'm looking out for the next generation. Uh, but hold on, you all. But everything is not going to come by prayer. You got to yeah. get in the fight. You Absolutely. got to get in the fight. That's it. That's it. Drop the mic on him. <laughs> I mean, you said it. Hey, because, hey, you know what, Miss Jack? I'm going to say this, and I'm going to take two seconds of saying this. See, people get mad at me when I say that. See, you see, okay. so they get mad. I say, hey, we can say amen all you want to, but after that, what we go do? about it right because listen it's like having a meeting to then have another meeting about the meeting that you just had and then don't forget <laughs> you better come next week for that next meeting With anyway no action. not a not, no action anyway, lord have mercy right. anyway y'all listen 
everybody. First of all, thank you. And you know, you brought a nice, a nice crew with you, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They, they repping hard, too. I love it. Hard. Absolutely. So listen, everybody that tuned in, right, that heard her story, please make sure you stick around. Uh, you become a fan of what we do. This is what the Lion's Den is about. Oh, and Jackie, thank you so much for being on, being uh, very vulnerable and sharing your story. And I know you say it a lot, right? But you never know who needed to hear that. Uh -huh. I, for one, most definitely did. Right. And just like Larry, I'm going back thinking like, damn, was my life really? That know. <laughs> no, you know what? no, 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 not, you know, thinking about this, like what? No, Listen, I would have cracked 50, 11 times. And here you are still standing. So yeah. thank you for being who you are. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So we will be back next week y'all this is what we do here at the lions then uh we, we try to connect everybody and connect good things to good people and um yeah this has been it so we love y'all we appreciate y'all we'll see y'all next week right on right on later Peace. don't get left behind stay updated make sure to give a thumbs up and catch more on the lions pride network